Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's August 8th, 2017, and it's Tuesday, and you know what that means. It's time for Two Nerds in a Pod, episode number 39, the nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy. I'm Lom, also known as Mr. Nice Guy, and I got my comrade in gaming commentary here with me, the miggity, 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 Mac, also known as Maction. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for being here live. Mac, how are things, man? How you been? Things are going well. I've I've been great. Had a fantastic week. I mean, now granted, granted, I felt uh, I felt like I had a little less nerds in a pod. Two nerds in a pod. It's true, and that's my fault, people. Mac is passive-aggressively taking a shot at me for going on vacation. Um, you know, two weeks ago, we did our co-op episode where I was in Utah. We hung out at Mac's place, did the show in the same room for the first time in over a year. And then the next week, I was in Seattle with my family. So I was unable to do the show, but we're back, Mac. We're back. It's true. We are back, and this is happening. And, I mean, I... I Honestly, it was uh, it was just a great week, relaxing. Good. Um, <clears throat> uh, my uh, folks moved to Hawaii. Wow. Um, so uh, so I spent a lot of the week helping them get like their stuff in order so that they could so that they could move, um, including things like uh, oh I don't know, take possession of valuables. Yes, I I think I am now. It's worth, a tough job. Like, I mean, my net worth is like fifty times more now that I'm now that I've got somebody else's valuables. We'll have to chat off stream about. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is, though, is that is that still fifty cents is uh, is fifty times more than one cent. So if, give if you, yourself if some you credit. Feel. Give yourself some credit, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, it's just been an exciting week. Lots of change. Lots of good things and lots of uh, and lots of fun things, really. So that's pretty much been mine. And Mr. Nice Guy, I mean, I can only imagine how much fun it must have been to hang out with the family. Dude, everything was awesome, just like in the Lego movie. You know, have you seen the Lego movie? Everything is awesome. That's how my week was, dude. It was great. It was fantastic. Uh, went to Seattle. We drove from Utah to Seattle, 16 hours. Did it in one shot. Um, no stopping for sleep. We took turns sleeping, my wife and I. And driving, uh, and then how you know, the how the nice kids do do they, with that? Kind they of did thing? well. They watched movies the whole way, and I would say near the end of the trip, they were screaming and stuff. But it was okay. I mean, they they did real well for kids, so it worked out. Uh, we got there. We hung out with my parents. Had a barbecue uh, with the extended family and my family. My parents actually let me use their Traeger, and I'm big into barbecuing and smoking. A Traeger's a smoker. Oh, okay. Um, so, so I, I did some ribs on there, uh, and that was fantastic. Uh, they have me really, really wanting to get a smoker now, a dedicated smoker. Um, we went to all kinds of parks. We went to a free arcade, since this is a gaming podcast. There's this free arcade in Seattle called Vidiot, and I want to give them a shout-out because they have a very, very cool establishment, Mac. Um, they have basically a bunch of multi-cade machines, and everything is free to play. Uh, they have they have some traditional games as well, you know, like Star Wars Racing, Dance Dance Revolution, um, NFL Blitz. I know that's one of your favorites. Um, and then, you know, it's a bar. I don't drink alcohol, but they had plenty of good non-alcoholic stuff. They had virtual reality. Uh, they had pinball. They had an old Atari. They, I mean, they had like everything. They had, actually they even had consoles, Mac. They had a, they had a uh, N64. 
with Mario Kart. And, and actually, the crazy thing is, they had not only the consoles, but they had a bunch of games in there. And Seattle is just such an awesome place that they, they trust people not to steal them. You know what I mean? They're like, hey, we'll just leave we'll just leave these here if you want to switch the game in the console, put it in there. They had comic books, Maxion. I'm not exaggerating, man. This was like the ultimate nerd cave. Um, so, I mean, it was a blast. We had so much fun. Um, you're going to get bored of hearing about my vacation. We, we went mini-golfing at this place called the Flat Stick Pub. It's also a little pub. Uh, with has non-alcoholic drinks as well. Jones Soda, shout out to them. Love the local favorite, Jones, Jones Soda. Uh, Nine-hole golf course in this pub, man, of mini-golfing. Uh, very creative holes. My wife and I had a lot of fun to do that. It's like six bucks per person. Anyone who's in, in the Kirkland area, go check out the Flat Stick Pub. Shout out to them. Uh, we ate a lot of good food, Mac. I could talk about it all day, but we don't have all day. Those were some of the highlights of the vacation. Kids had fun, too. Went to parks with the kids. Uh, it was a blast, dude. It was fantastic. Man. That sounds fantastic, Mr. Nice Guy. Thanks for sharing, and I assure you I will not get bored of it. Um, Mr. Nice Guy, yeah. before we hop into the news, yes. I was wondering if I may make a special request. I have a little bit of something. I don't want to call it news, um, but uh, perhaps I could call it something like a little announcement so I don't take away from the news. Dude, do your thing, man. Okay, so I've got a little something interesting that I found out about earlier today. Many of you may know that At Games is going to be producing an HDMI-based uh, Sega Genesis that will play cartridges, right? We're yep. all, we've yep. all heard of this? Yeah, we are! Um, <clears throat> of course, it's going to have wireless, uh, wireless controllers um, that come with it, standard, as well as with uh, some controller ports on the front to play. Now... Two big problems that uh, that I have either heard about or heard, you know, or heard rumblings of with regard to this at games production of a Sega Genesis. The first one is that uh, people have complained about latency on the controllers, which is basically kind. Of, that's basically a death sentence. Um, but and but, maybe maybe real quick explain what latency mm -hmm. is just for oh, those who may not know if you don't of mind. Of course. So latency is going to be uh, some delay between you inputting your control, uh, hit, you hitting the button, and the character reacting. Yeah. Lag in layman's terms. Exactly. Yeah. Lag. Now, um, some of that could possibly be attributed to people's televisions because not all televisions are uh, ready to rock and roll for video gaming, for precise video gaming. So sometimes you need to enable your television's game mode or, you know, your low latency or low lag mode on your television in order to make sure that your gaming console is operating properly, whether for current gen or way, way, way old past gen consoles. So, uh, so anyway, but that's, that's one thing. The other thing, and this is the big deal breaker for me, I was excited about getting this at games Genesis console until I, until I heard from people testing it that it would not work with an EverDrive. And I have, of course, an EverDrive for my Sega, and so I really wanted something to do that. But, and here's where, here's where the uh, the good news slash announcement comes in. There happens to be this console that's being sold on uh, on AliExpress, right? Okay. Uh, it is essentially completely identical. However, there are two slight differences. Um, in the very limited uh, limited uh, reviews that I've seen about this particular console, it runs about the same price, 
um, but there hasn't been reported any lag or issues like that, like with the early review copies of the At Games Sega Genesis console. But more importantly, this one has been tested and works with an EverDrive. Now I've got. So, to, once you're go done, I it. gotta ask you a question. Here, oh, you're done. So here's yeah. my question: because you already have a Sega Genesis and mm-hmm. you already have an EverDrive, so you can effectively mm-hmm. play any Sega Genesis game that you'd like to. Yes. What is the benefit of you getting another one? And and why just are having, you just having just having HD out? This okay, one okay, is going enough. to have yeah. This one will plug in HDMI into uh, into the television. Now. Um, I'm a little bit, like I said, I probably would have gone because the the price point is low enough. You know, it's right around that $50 mark. Basically, we're getting into impulse buy territory. Sure, sure. So so with this one, if it'll play in EverDrive, I think I'll probably get my hands on one. It'll take it a few weeks to get to me. But nonetheless, there we go. And I just figured I'd throw that out there as a bit of a public service if in the off chance that anybody else had been a little off-put by the notion of the At Games Sega HDMI console not being able to play uh, a Mega EverDrive, or, yeah, an an EverDrive, which, which for me at least, is something that I, you know, something that is a big deal to me, because once you've started on the EverDrive route, you cannot go back. Once you've EverDrived, you never DeverDrive. Yeah, we can we can work with that one. Yes. <laughs> On that note, Mac, I say we hop right into the news, my friend. What do you think? Absolutely, Mr. Nice Guy. Take us away. Let's do it. Once again, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, this is Two Nerds in a Pod, nerdiest gaming podcast in the galaxy, episode number 39. We got a lot of really cool gaming news this week. Let's start it off talking about something that's a little bit uh, a little bit unique, something we wouldn't typically talk about on our show. And I'll be honest, man, I don't know what is up with my internet. We've been having issues with it. Uh, In fact, we almost weren't able to do the show today just because of internet issues. So I have all these news stories loaded up on my phone, and now they're, like, reloading as I'm pulling them up. But uh, but here's the first one. So this one is on GameSpot. It says, PlayStation 4 players in North America who are planning to pick up a physical copy of Level 5's next major RPG, Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom, We'll have a few different options to choose from. Alongside the standard release, Bandai Namco announced today that the game will be available in limited quantity premium and collector's editions. Regardless of which package you choose, you'll get a bonus item along with the title. The standard day one edition comes with a copy of the game and a special sword DLC set, which includes five rare weapons. Meanwhile, the premium edition, which retails for $80, includes the aforementioned DLC pack as well as a 3D papercraft kit. An an exclusive DLC sword called Dragon's Tooth and a soundtrack CD, all of which is housed in a special steelbook case. Now here's where it gets crazy, Mac. The most extravagant option, however, is the Collector's Edition. This package retails for $200 and includes all of the contents from the Premium Edition, along with a Nino Kuni 2 art book, a chibi mechanical diorama, a lofty plush, a making of documentary Blu-ray, a 3D papercraft display case, and the game's newly announced season pass. You can see a shot of each edition uh, in this article. So, Mac, I mean, just generally speaking, man, I guess I got two questions for you. First question is, have you ever bought a collector's edition of a game? Second, what are your thoughts on collector's editions in general? I have opinions, but I want to hear yours, man. Uh, Okay. And and to put things in perspective, guys, games usually cost $60. 
yeah, yeah. Games usually do cost $60. Um, I don't know as I've ever bought a collector's edition. I think the closest I've ever come has been buying, um, uh, buying like the mid-level edition as a Kickstarter reward. So I've never, I've, yeah, yeah. I've never bought a, uh, uh, I've never bought a collector's edition super special awesome turbo mode. So I, I don't know. Two hundred dollars is just a little bit outside of my. Do I really want this that much? Right. You know, type right. level. And to me, the type of people who are often the ones that would buy a collector's editions are the ones who would never open it in the first place, right? Like they're mm-hmm. they're collectors. Like they want everything to be in mint condition. They want it factory sealed. So I, I kind of have always been confused about people who buy these pack or why why companies rather make these packages, put all these goodies in them, and then sell them for such a high price, only for them to either remain unopened or just sit on the store shelves. Now I can say there's only been one time I've ever bought a collector's edition of a game. Actually, there's been a couple. Uh, one was when uh, I bought uh, a copy of Bioshock 2 for Xbox 360, the collector's edition. And the only reason I bought that is because it was like $10 uh, at some store. It was on clearance. So it came with all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, and I ended up actually selling it back to Amazon for more than $10 later because I didn't really like the game and I didn't really like the goodies. Um, enough to put them on my shelf. The other time I bought a collector's edition was NBA 2K. And it came with like a Michael Jordan poster. But it also came with a bunch of the virtual currency that you can use in the game. So I felt like I was getting my money's worth. Uh, It wasn't like I was just buying it for physical goodies. I was actually getting the virtual currency that you have to either earn or purchase uh, in the game. So those have been the two times. Generally speaking, I think collector's editions are a waste of money. uh, But I'd love to hear another argument uh, from someone... Uh, in the chat if anyone if anyone has one and we have one person Kane who says I have the Bioshock 2 that came with the record yeah it did man Uh, and I didn't have a record player so I remember thinking this is a cool record but I have no way of listening to this I could hang it on the wall but I I don't really see the point so my opinion anyway next news story comes from Game Rant Uh, it says when Game Freak Uh, It took time during Nintendo's E3 2017 press conference to reveal that a Pokemon RPG is in development for Switch. Fans of the role-playing franchise were ecstatic, as it meant that the long-standing demand for a core entry in the franchise to be playable on a console was finally being addressed. However, while fans' excitement for the forthcoming release is understandable to say the least, Game Freak's series director-slash-producer-slash-composer Junichi Musada and director Shigeru Omori uh, hope players' expectations aren't too high. Uh, it says Masadi and Omori revealed as much during a recent video interview with Game Informer, with Masada mentioning that he, while he totally gets why fans are anxious for Pokemon Switch title, for the Pokemon Switch title, he also hopes fans are able to temper their excitement. In a follow-up response to his statement saying Game Freak will do its best to create a great game to meet certain expectations, Masada said, "Of course, it is very difficult to make the game, so I hope people don't get their expectations too high." So. Um, I'm not even gonna, I'm just gonna say, what are your thoughts on that? I'm just gonna ask you what you think about, about that statement, Mac. You know, I don't think I really have any particular opinion on it, Mr. Nice Guy. I have a strong one, but I didn't want to ask a leading question. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I know nothing about the background of the company, of the games, of, you know, of anything like that. So, I mean, if it's ironic, or or if, you know, like, knowing the history of that uh, particular, of that particular company, developer, what have you, if that makes it ironic, I just, I'm just not sure. No, that's cool. Um, So, my, my only thing is... um. And welcome all the people that are coming in the chat saying hello. Uh, welcome to the to the show. Uh, my thoughts on this particular thing, Mac, is, I mean, if you're trying to sell a game, right? You're trying to sell a game, especially for a console that doesn't have a whole lot of of software. Don't tell people not to get excited about it. Like, that's that's just me. Okay. He, he's saying temper your expectations. You guys, I know it's Pokemon. I know you're excited, but we don't want you to get too excited because, hey, games are hard to make. And I mean, he's he's basically saying we might make a game that's not that good, or that, that doesn't meet your expectations. So to me, that's frustrating um, for for a game, especially for a game that is exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. Okay, now let me let me just make myself sound a little bit less like an idiot here, okay? I was fully expecting that, like, this guy had been part of a group that published some game, like, uh, like, uh, oh, oh, gosh, what was the one, um, that, uh, like, uh, was it Evolve? Was that the one that had lots of hype? Yeah, and then went free-to-play because it just couldn't, you know, maintain itself. Uh, you know, like, it had lots of hype, and then, well, I mean, Destiny also had lots of hype and didn't really quite live up to it. So, I mean, I was thinking that it was something about this guy particular, uh, particularly. Oh, gotcha. uh, But, yeah, I mean, no, I I totally, I totally get what you're saying, Mr. Nice Guy. That's not the way you want to, that's not the best foot to start a video game, you know, uh, a video game, uh, a uh, you know, media promoting points, a game, right, right? Yeah, promotion. Thank you, Mister Nice Guy. See, Mister Nice Guy has the words when I don't, but uh, but that's a terrible way to start the promotion. Oh, does yeah. not give me much confidence. But then again, I haven't been Pokemoning since Pokemon Gold and Silver. But you have been doing it retro. Oh yeah, yeah. The old old. You know, I, I play a little bit of Red and Blue now yeah. and then. Yeah, you got to bust out the Red and Blue. Very cool. Well, hey, guys, next news story comes from GameSpot. It says, Valve today announced Artifact, a Dota card game based on a hugely popular MOBA. A teaser trailer was released, but it doesn't show much at all. It does, however, confirm that the digital card game will launch sometime in 2018. The announcement came today during Valve's International Dota 2 tournament. Teams are competing for a share of more than $20 million, making it one of the biggest gaming tournaments in history. Uh, and so that's it, that, guys. It's a very short story. Also, I saw an article that there will be a Fallout board game that's being made. Um, I'm a you fan. Know, Mr. Go ahead, go ahead. You know, Mr. Nice Guy, it occurs to me that, uh, that for the past two years, if not more, whether as two nerds in a pod or in the previous iteration of this, uh, of this show, um, that we've been asking ourselves at periods, you know, periodically... Is esports going big time? Is it? Will it someday be as accepted as normal sports and so on? And yes. uh, I think we've kind of stopped asking that question for you know because of stories like this, haven't we? What do you mean? I'm a little confused. Well, I mean, it, it, it's that every week there's some news about an esports competition or. And about the insanely huge, uh, the insanely huge prizes, 
or the uh, uh, Subway was recently censured for uh, for revealing how much money he makes as an esports player. I hope I didn't steal that as a news story from. No, me. but you actually but, did segue perfectly into the next news story. And, oh, did and, I? Oh. Yeah, and, and just in case you guys are watching for the first time, we don't really collaborate, Mac and I, before the show. Uh, so I guess we're just on the same wavelength because this next news story is also on GameSpot. And it says the 2024 Summer Olympics in Paris. This is a big deal, guys. The 2024 Summer Olympics in Paris could feature video game competitions. The co-president of the Paris Olympic Bid Committee told the Associated Press that discussions will be held with people from competitive gaming circles and the International Olympic Committee to discuss the prospect of having gamers compete for Olympic gold. Tony Estengue, the co-president of France's Bid Committee, told the AP, the Associated Press, that the gaming community deserves to at least be part of the discussion. Quote, we have to look at it because we can't say it's not us, it's not about Olympics, Estengue said. The youth, yes, they're interested in eSport and this kind of thing. Let's look at it. Let's meet them. Let's see if we can find some bridges. He said, let's try to if we can find some bridges. Quote, I don't want to say no from the beginning, he added. I think it's interesting to interact with the IOC, with them, the eSports family, to better understand what the process is and why it's such a success. So, guys, I mean, we've, we've officially, like Mac was alluding to, we've reached the point where eSports are no longer... You know, just, oh, you're in your basement playing games in your mom's house. That's not what video games are anymore. They're a legitimate business making money. Um, you know, there's figures with brands who are promoting themselves. There's gaming houses. Uh, it's it's the real deal, Colin Cowherd. I, I, I hate to break it to you, but uh, it is. <laughs> Mac, you have anything else you want to add on that? Or, or should I just drop the mic on that issue? Oh, the mic was already dropped. The mic's been dropped, y'all. Moving on. Um, let's, uh, all right, two more news stories. Let's do one of them. Mac, you can pick the topic. We can talk about Nintendo World Championships, or we can talk about No Man's Sky still trying to stay relevant. And both of them would be good stories, so don't, uh... Let's go for No Man's Sky. All right, guys, we'll end the news on this news story on Game Informer. Uh, It says, uh, and of course it's reloading on my phone. I don't know what's up with my internet, man. I had all these stories preloaded, ready to go. Uh, Let's read a couple comments real quick. Do you want to read a couple of these comments about esports and things like that while I'm waiting for this to load? Go for it. Sure. Um, From Galvatron, it's not going to happen in 2024. The IOC is very slow when it comes to adding or deleting sporting events. And from our good buddy, Houseless Gamer, esports, it's just not that popular in the West. It's picked up some, but I don't know if it'll get there now. Maybe later. And of course, an insightful comment from Maction. Yeah, not quite yet. You guys are absolutely wrong about that. And I don't want to get too off topic, but are you serious? You don't think it's popular in the West? Call of Duty? Dota? League of Legends? I get League of Legends is more in Korea. But all of those games are very relevant here in the West. Overwatch? I mean, you, I, I think got the to point is, is it's not as popular in the West as it is overseas. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'll agree with you there. Well, hey, here's this new story. It says, Hello Games, Sean Murray has had a tough year, mostly criticized for his silence in the wake of No Man's Sky's critical reception. In recent weeks, however, No Man's Sky fans noticed that an alternate reality game seemed to be taking place surrounding the title. The ARG has culminated in a message that Sean Murray himself, from Sean Murray himself, 
to talk about the anniversary update for No Man's Sky. The No Man's Sky subreddit hits has the memo and reposted it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, but I, there was one part I wanted to hit on because it frustrated me. Let's see, where is it at? He says, Update 1.3 will release this week and will be available for free for all, man, for all No Man's Sky players. We're calling it Atlas Rises. It focuses on improving the central story of No Man's Sky and adds the ability to quick travel between locations using portals. Patch notes will be made available shortly before the update goes live. What we do is much more important than what we say, but since launch, since launch we have sometimes focused too much on that. So, this frustrates me because No Man's Sky was such a mess when it came out, and it was one of those games where I knew I wasn't going to drop $60 on it until I saw the reviews just because of the mess that it went through in development, and, uh, and I just felt like it was too ambitious. So, at this point, to go back and to say, hey, we're going to make the story better, oh, and by the way, we're going to give you the ability to fast travel... First of all, you're dang right that better be a free update. You better not charge people a cent for that after you lied and you took people's money. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Uh, and second of all, I'll be honest, man, it's just too late. I think it's just too late for them to be doing this. The game is discounted everywhere, and in my mind, it's still more expensive than it should be. I will not jump on the No Man's Sky bandwagon until I have a lot of free time and it costs $9.99 or less. Like, maybe, actually, probably $4.99. There's no way I'm buying this game. Um... There was someone who posted a comment on this story and said that the average number of players was 717 on Steam uh, for the past month or something like that. I don't know if that's accurate, but to me, that's just an example of how far the game has dwindled. Mac, I don't know if you have a comment on this or not. I don't know if you followed No Man's Sky like I have, so no pressure. Um, but that's kind of the news that we had for this week. Would love to see your feelings in the chat. And Mac, I'll turn it over to you. All right, well, now we'll move on. We've taken a look at the gaming's present and perhaps a bit of its future. Now we'll take a look at some of gaming's past, specifically some of the things that have happened this week in years past that maybe have shaped gaming or maybe have just shaped our history and feelings about gaming. And I want to start with the first one from 1991, released for the Super Nintendo, Mario Paint. And, most importantly, though, the Super Mouse yes, accessory. Yes, indeed. Now, uh, you may, now Mario Paint means basically nothing to me, but seeing as how it brought us the Super Mouse, which was very, very useful for some games like, for example, Eye of the Beholder, um, Civilization, Sid Meier's Civilization, could, could be played with, uh, um, with the mouse. There's a list of, I think, something like 40 or so games for the Super Nintendo that you could use the Super, you know, the Super Mount, the Super Nintendo mouse. I didn't know this. You're dropping knowledge right now. Yeah. Well, hey, that's what that's what this section's all about. That's what this whole show's about, Mr. Nice Guy, that's dropping right. knowledge. And so uh, now, strangely enough, um, the Super the Super Nintendo mouse did not actually work, at least as far as I'm aware, with SimCity. For the Super Nintendo, which was also released this past week in the same year, 1991, which would, of course, potentially make some amount of sense. Although, when you think about it, SimCity, as well as Civilization and several others, are kind of the perfect games to have to have a mouse peripheral attachment for. 
I I won't lie. I've been debating about using uh, about using the about buying a Super Nintendo mouse uh, so that I could play Mario Paint and maybe a couple of other games a bit more effectively on my Super Nintendo. But still a touch on the fence about it. But there is no doubt that it was uh, it was really really nice to have that peripheral for these games that took advantage of it. And I won't say that it opened up. A whole bunch of, you know, a whole bunch of more uh, genres onto the Super Nintendo, but I, from experience, I've played games like I Have the Beholder and Civilization on, uh, on the consoles before, on like the NES, and there's going to be a huge world of difference in the uh, frustration level and the enjoyability of those games as compared to being able to play it with a mouse. So I think it probably, if anything, helped those genres a lot on the Super Nintendo. So let me uh, move on to the next one, which is probably even more momentous because it's been a fantastic week, but this one, this one's amazing, all right? Mortal Kombat. Yeah, boy. The first one was released on arcade um, in 1992 this past week. Now there is no doubt that Mortal Kombat has a very uh, has a very interesting past. Of course, there are those things like Mortal Kombat featured heavily. I mean, before Grand Theft Auto was the uh, was the uh, uh, focus of everybody's violent video games hysteria, it was without question Mortal Kombat was the focus of everyone's hysteria before that. And let's not forget the. Uh, the uh, Mortal Kombat Night Trap uh, violent video games hearings uh, in front of uh, in front of Congress. You know, Mortal Kombat and Night Trap both featured heavily in those with all the fatalities. Fatality. Ah! Finish him. So, um, so yeah, Mortal Kombat, love it or loathe it. I actually quite like it. I, I know I've mentioned before that when I was uh, my first year at university, I actually um, ran an, well, I mean, I worked at an arcade. There were only two of us, so I pretty much ran the place, which was nice. But, uh, but anyway, it was a, there was a Mortal Kombat uh, arcade machine there, and I put in some time on it. And yeah, I, I enjoyed Mortal Kombat. 1992, released in arcade. But this is the last one that I want to mention. The franchise, a, an amazing franchise, got started in 1996 on the PlayStation. Worms, perhaps you've heard of it. It's a little, it's a, yeah, I think I've heard of it once or twice. Yeah? I'm yeah, kidding, it, it's, it's an amazing franchise. It's yeah, amazing. I mean, I believe we have five Worms games at the current moment in the series. There's a lot of them. I think, I think it's five, because I know... Um, the one that I have the fondest feelings for is definitely Worms Armageddon. Uh, that's what I would play in the computer lab when I was done with my work, but didn't want to fiddle around with, you know, other stuff. It was like, ah, I got done with my, you know, uh, with my computer certification work in five minutes. I've got an hour and a half. Uh, let's play Worms Armageddon. And we'd play it with some friends there in, uh, in there as a LAN game. So, uh, so anyway, Worms all started back in 1996 with its uh, release on the PlayStation. So there we go. There's a little bit of gaming history this past week. So, uh, so yeah, Mr. Nice Guy, over to you, sir. Yeah, real quick, I got fond memories of Mario Paint, man. Oh, yeah? You've it got was, fond memories? It oh, was oh, so please. unique. Only The only game that I really remember playing on there, the only mode, was there was one where you could, like, slap these flies. 
I don't know if anyone else played that mode, but you just basically used your clicker like a your mouse like a fly swatter, and you'd slap all these flies, and then bigger like radioactive flies would come, and you'd have to get them all before they stung you through the screen. Uh, and it was just a cool, unique, unique type of game. It was very, very cool. So that's my memory of one of the games from this week. And now, guys, it's time for our next segment, known to many, known to all as the viewer question of the week, a, a segment of the show where you ask us a question and we answer it, sometimes seriously, sometimes sarcastically, but always in an entertaining way. This week's question comes from Galvatron. He wants to know, he says, PS Plus price is going up in Europe, US likely to follow. Will charging for online for consoles reach a saturation slash customer rebellion point? Uh, this is a really, really good question. Um, Mac, do you want me to field this first or do you want to hop in on this one? Well, I just got done talking, so why don't you go for it? Sounds good, man. So, mm, I don't know what you mean by saturation point because... Basically, Galvatron, we've reached the point where every console is now charging for online. And I mean, like a home console. The handhelds are not. Um, but I mean, Nintendo has announced that they are going to. Sony has already been doing it, and Xbox has already been doing it. And actually, PS Plus already went up in the U.S. not long ago. So you said something about it going up in the U.S. It already has. I believe it used to be 50 Now it's 60 a year. Um, unless you buy it on sale somewhere. So I don't think it's going to reach a saturation point. But what I will say is this. I think that because everyone is doing it now, it has lowered the quality, it's lowered the caliber of the online offerings. This month for PlayStation Plus was absolutely phenomenal as far as the games that they're giving out. They're giving out Just Cause 3. They're giving out Downwell. Um, they gave out a bunch of good games last month. Like, it's really, really taken off and hit its stride. It's not just indies. They're giving out AAA titles now. Uh, so in that regard, I feel like PlayStation has stepped their game up. But at the same time, I look at Nintendo. And I was reading something on Reddit earlier this week about Splatoon 2, the first-person shooter that just came out for the Nintendo Switch, and people were complaining and saying that the online for it is absolutely unacceptable. And part of the reason that they felt it, felt that it was so bad, is because they know that in a few months you won't be able to play online anymore without paying for that online Nintendo subscription. So why is Nintendo able to get away with doing this? Because everyone else is charging for their online too, right? If it was only Nintendo doing it, no one would do it, people would rebel. But because every gaming company is charging for online, now gamers can't rebel. If you want online, you have to do it. You can't say, hey, Sony's charging for it, Xbox doesn't. Now we're going to go to Xbox because we want the free online. And it used to be that way. And Mac, I'll wrap up in just a second. It used to be that way. It used to be that Xbox was the only one charging for Xbox Live and that Sony had free online. Um... Now they don't. Now they don't. So, I don't think there's going to be a rebellion. I think there's going to be complaints, but everyone will keep playing, paying for it. Mac, do you have any, any stance on this? Uh, you know, sadly, being somebody who doesn't do that much current-gen consoles, um, I think I'm ill-equipped to answer the question. Uh, however, in general, um, it could be, like you say, that it, uh, it could be that it decreases the inclination to put out a good product or maybe even increases it because people won't want to pay for it but then again if the only option is to pay for it 
or to go buy another console, pay for that console's online uh, online play and marketplace and such, and go from there. It doesn't seem like much of a much of an option. It seems like the walls are getting a little bit higher as far as um, console, you know, cross console movement. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Which I, it probably, I, I probably didn't come anywhere near a reasonable thought throughout no, that you, whole process. No, you did. The process. reason I'm smiling is because I'm multitasking here. I'm listening to your awesome statement and reading this awesome argument, or I should say debate between two of our viewers about Hello Games and about the, the crap that they put out with No Man's Sky. Uh, so that, that's the thing I love about this podcast. We got such intelligent viewers here debating awesome topics while we're also talking about awesome stuff. It's like a dream come true. Well, Mac, did you have other thoughts, or was that kind of what you thought? No, that's kind of that's cool. kind of it. Like I said, I'm I'm ill-equipped to answer that question. No, well. that's totally cool. And guys, that has been our viewer question of the week. You can submit those to us on Twitter at Two Nerds in a Pod or at our Gmail Two Nerds in a Podcast at gmail.com before the show. Mac, over to you, buddy. All right. So now we're on to the next little segment, which is kick or kickstart. A little bit of uh, chat involvement. So those of you who are here for the live show. Go ahead and, and be ready to type into the chat whether you think that this game I'm about to present should be kick-started, it meets your seal of approval, we should go for it, or it should be kicked. As in, we kick it out of here, kick it to the curb, get rid of it because we don't need it. We're not going to take it anymore. We're not going to take it. No, we ain't going to take it. I, I do like some Twisted Sister. So... Here we go. I've gone ahead and put a link to it in the chat for those here live. It's called Phoenix Springs. So it's a bit of a mystery adventure game. Now, the first thing that immediately jumps out to me that I like about this game is that it is a point-and-click style game. And I really like point-and-click mechanics. Um, Now, they do specifically cite that they combine point-and-click mechanics from, you know, from games that we know and love, like Full Throttle. And, you know, I've got that Full Throttle perler on my wall, so that's definitely a good thing to say to me, if you're targeting Mac here. Um, Also, bringing in multiple choices. So, the implication there, they cite specifically Wolf Among Us and Life is Strange. Implication there being that you can have a great deal of, uh, a great deal of of impact on the game, even though they're still a little bit tongue-in-cheek about how much impact you'll have on the game. When they cite things like Wolf Wolf Among Us and Life is Strange, I mean, well, I'll just leave that there. But, and here's what I think's interesting, Um, they're not really going to do object-oriented puzzles in this, but but mainly concepts and things like that. Now, they cite Resonance by Wadjet Eye Games. That's a game that I have played. And they had in it this fun little uh, short-term and long-term memory so that you could you could drag a an object into your long-term or short-term memory and you could use that as a talking point, which was really, really cool and a cool way to, um, to round out the point and cl- pl- the point and click mechanic without getting bogged down in like dialogue trees because you didn't have to go through tons of dialogue trees to try and figure out oh am I asking the right questions am I gonna get the right answers so uh, so definitely a cool thing that Resonance did and that I'm excited that they're going to bring it in now 
the um, the main focus of the game is supposed to be discovery because this whole thing is basically this huge uh, this huge mystery. Um, it has a little bit of a of a of a hint of the Lovecraftian horror to it, just the psychological horror in the background that uh, I actually find some find definitely appealing, and I'll mention talk some more about that later when we're talking about the games that we've been playing because I've been playing one like that. But uh, but anyway, um, Phoenix Springs they're going for uh, uh, ten and a half thousand dollars to make the game. Um, they're about halfway already. I think it looks pretty good. They're, um, I don't know, I, I mean, the animation style is fine, even though it looks a little rudimentary. We'll see if it, uh, if it improves much, uh, because even if it just stays like this, it has this sort of, um, 1970s photograph, uh, feel to it. The sort of colorization, uh, of the whole situation seems a lot more like that sort of false color that you would have by people, you know, adding stuff in the 70s or whatever the terrible Kodak photos were. You know the types I'm talking about, right, Mr. Nice Guy? I sure do. Those old ones. Uh, but the music seems pretty good. Um, point and clicks. I'm always a big fan of point and clicks. And yeah, so there we go. Uh, Phoenix Springs. Now, as we know, I do have, I, I do have a, a rule. It's an important rule, and uh, for those of you who've been here a long time, you've probably never heard it before, but it's all about a playable demo, and sadly, Phoenix Springs does not have a playable demo. No! So, I, I do like the look of it, but uh, and, and I do kind of like, they, they cite a lot of games as inspiration that are among my favorites, but without a playable demo, I've got to go kick. All right, and I've got mm. now. Oh, Mac, we this is the point where people vote, right? Or do I need to stay my? Yes, opinion? indeed. No, no, um, guys, go ahead, start putting in your votes into the chat. Kick it or kickstart it, and uh, Mr. Nice Guy, tell us, uh, tell us your take on. And if you guys want to tell us why you think it should be kicked or kickstarted, that's awesome too. I think it should be kicked as well, simply because I don't like the art style, man. Hmm, now okay. I res- I respect the fact that they're only asking for ten thousand dollars, um, and. and just to put things in perspective, yes, that's a lot of money, but I mean, we see Kickstarters all the time that that are asking for way more than that. You know, they're asking yeah. for six figures. Um, to me, if a company really believes that they can complete their game with ten thousand dollars, it means that they have really put in the groundwork to do most of the the funding and the production before asking the public and asking their their following for money. So I can respect that, and I want to give them credit for that where credit is due. I just don't like the look of the game. It looks to me like a GameCube game. Uh, it actually kind of something about it reminds me of this old game called Killer Seven that was done with cell shading, uh, mm. and I liked the game at the time. But I mean, that was probably over ten or fifteen years ago. So, to me, the graphics are too old looking and not polished enough. You can do the style that they're trying to do and make it look a little bit smoother. And so, for that reason, I just don't think it's a game I'd want to look at for hours to play. So I'm going to say kick it. Uh, and I think that people are kind of agreeing with you, Mac, in the chat. Yeah, yep. We hear we've got kicks down the uh, down the ro- down the row. I I will throw this out here. It isn't related, strictly speaking, to kick or kickstart, but it is I think worth noting. Um, if you weren't already aware, there happens to be a uh, a, a little uh, HDMI plug-in for your GameCube. 
it's about a hundred bucks, but you plug it in, um, no mods necessary, you just plug it into the back of the GameCube, and then run the HDMI cable up to your, uh, to your television. Just throwing that out there, because I found out about it earlier today. That is kind of cool. If, like, uh, you'd have to be a GameCube enthusiast. Yeah, or, or, the only, I mean, the only other way to get, like, uh, you can, you've got composite cables for a GameCube, just in general, but to get component cables, you know, the three that carry video, and then, you know, the two that carry sound, um, those are ridiculously expensive. They're in, like, the $200, $300 range to get those cables, because they're so freaking rare. For a GameCube? So, yeah, for a GameCube, for those, for those connections, but... You know, we'll. Now I will. I just figured I'd throw that out there. I like that, and I hate to be contradictory, but I'll say this: the alternative mm-hmm. is that the the Wii played GameCube games, and it had it came with a component cable, and it had a hookup on the side for GameCube controllers with no mm-hmm. no necessary or excuse me no extra hardware necessary. So that's an option sure. option too. Unless you just really want to play on your GameCube, or you just don't can't find a Wii, um, that's an option too. But we digress. Yes, we digress. So, my apologies. Thank you so much, everyone, for putting in your votes. It looks like this one is getting kicked, but uh, we gave it its moment in the sun. And Mr. Nice Guy, over to you, sir. Now it's time for my favorite segment of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's time for the main event. It's time for the Dummy of the Week. Week, week, week. A segment of the show where we talk about someone who did something stupid idiotic or downright dumb and we make fun of them this week we have a short one you guys this comes from fullerton california on abc7.com it says fullerton police officers served search warrants at two businesses suspected of posing as video game arcades with the help of the department of justice officers walked people out of the video game lounge in the 2600 block of west orange thorpe an investigation began after police received complaints from neighbors about late hours, gang members intimidating customers, and a long list of illegal activities. So I'm just going to say, um, if you are a business and you're trying to pose as a certain type of business so you can do other illegal activities, you should make your business someplace where gang members would actually be. Because anytime I'm at an arcade and I see a gang member walk in, I think, oh, this is not really an arcade. This is something else because gang members don't really game that much. Um, that's that's just been my experience. I don't think that people uh, go commit a murder and then want to play some Pac-Man. Like, I just don't think that's really how it's going down in the streets. Uh, anyway, the rest of the article, it goes on to say, as a result of a lengthy, this is a quote, as a result of a lengthy investigation conducted by our narcotics vice unit, we have determined that we believe there has been Illegal gambling going on at both of these locations, Sergeant John Raddus said. There was also a machine that gambling centered around. Authorities said people gave the owner a minimum amount of money for credits and collected it if they won. One woman who plays at the lounge said she didn't believe it was gambling. Sometimes you're low on some cash or something and you just want to go in and get extra cash or a prize, Mary DeLeon said. I don't even know what she's talking about, but that makes absolutely no sense. Um, that makes absolutely no sense. Sometimes you're low on cash, so you just want to go into an arcade and get a prize. What is she? Ta- I don't know what she's talking. I'm not even gonna. Uh, maybe, maybe she, unlike the rest of us, has mastered the crane game. That's true. Because that's the only easy prize I can think of. I mean, even I mean, like it's not easy. You would have to have 
mastered the crane game in yeah. order to actually get That's a prize, a hard but game. still. So you're saying sometimes people are low on cash and they just want a stuffed animal? That's your argument, yeah. Matt? Really? That's what yep, you're yep. trying to say right now? Absolutely. Okay, fair enough. You never know what's going on in people's minds. You could be right. Um, I also find it hilarious that the gambling centered around one game. And I gotta know what game it was. Like, I wish they would have said, like, is it actually a game that that gambling would be centered around that, like, people would be wanting to play? Or was it just, like, an old school like house of the dead like I, I gotta know what game it was but it doesn't say in here um it says frustrated business owners said they were relieved to see the police take action and hope it means the location will be shut down for good quote eliminate this infestation of types of of these types of operations across not only fullerton but every city that they have tried to pop up in say kevin bell general manager for bob marriott's fly fishing store he just wants to sell some lures mac he doesn't want people yeah. gambling in a fake arcade in his neighborhood. Mm-mm. I'm just going to say there's a lot worse fronts that could be happening. Like, I find it hilarious that people are really, really, really mad that people are gambling in an arcade. When, ironically, in Vegas, where I just was, where I flew out, arcades, the term arcade is used for a place where people gamble. You know what I mean? So I, I don't yeah. get why all these business owners are so mad. I will say this. If you're going to have a front for a business where you're going to be doing something like gambling, don't make the front of a business a place that will attract children. That's just a bad idea. Like, I'm pretty sure it tipped the police off when kids were trying to go into this arcade to play, and the owners were like, wait a minute, are you 18? And they were like, no. Well, okay, well, then you can't come in here and play Super Mario Brothers. you got to be 18 to come in this arcade. Like, that was probably a sure giveaway that there was something shady going down. Guys, Mm -hmm. that's our Dummy of the Week. Mac, over to you, my friend. All right. Well, we'll move into the last little segment of our show, which is called Legalese. Now, Legalese? sometimes this sometimes this takes the form of, uh, of uh, say, for example, uh, uh, big court cases, things that are going to shape video gaming, or lawsuits, or patents. But today... Well, today is definitely a little bit of a, of a patent infringement, because, Mr. Nice Guy, do you remember... Do you remember a certain te- daytime television character um, called, uh, uh, was it, was it Miss Cleo? Call yeah, me for yeah, your man, free terror reading Ms. now. Cleo. Of course I remember her. Of course. Yes. I'll tell so, your fortune. <laughs> so do you remember Grand Theft Auto Vice City? Mac, of course. Of course, man. Of course you do. Do you remember, do you remember um, a character in Grand Theft Auto Vice City that uh, that was basically a version of uh, of Miss Cleo. I do, yeah, I sure do. I don't remember the name, uh, but I Auntie remember the character. Auntie Poulet. Yes. Aunt, yeah, was that is that it? So, here's the thing that's interesting. Um, um, the uh, the the woman who we remember as Miss Cleo from television uh, was uh, was a character um, done by. Uh, Yorli Del Harris, I believe is the way uh, to say her name. Um, and she passed away in 2016. Uh, as a result, there was a uh, <laughs> there was an obituary that was put out because that's what happens when you die. You know, you put out an obituary, uh, let people know that that a beloved person has died. Well, inside uh, this obituary, it was mentioned, that she essentially reprised her role of uh, Miss Cleo for the video game uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. So, 
there is a group, uh, the people who basically own the television personality, who own the character of Miss Cleo, uh, which is a, let's see, PRN is the name of the, uh, is the name of the group. Um, they submitted what amounts to a lawsuit of, uh, of infringement because they have essentially, uh, you know, made an unauthorized reproduction of copyrighted materials with this, uh, uh, with this auntie character from Grand Theft Auto Vice City. So, uh, uh, that's all very interesting, of course, and you would think, well, hey, what, wait a minute, this was, you know, like, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, wasn't that, like, 2002? Yeah, you're right. 15 years, isn't that a little late to be, to be issuing a problem? Yeah, you're right, too. And, and here's where this particular lawsuit, which is going to get thrown out, almost guaranteed, gets fun. Because in the very, in the 10 page uh, write up that they, you know, that they issued to, um, uh, to the makers of Grand Theft Auto, um, they do sort of concede at the outset that yes, it's uh, past the statute of limitations for this kind of a, uh, of a, law, of a lawsuit where we are because they filed it in Missouri, I believe, and the statute of limitations there for a copyright thing for infringement like this is three years. Um, They said, but we only became aware of this in 2016 when the obituary was was put out there, which is really kind (laughs) of funny. So... I don't know which way this is going to go. I'm 99% sure that it'll get just thrown out, but who knows? Maybe there's something about this whole lawsuit that I haven't considered. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it's past the statute of limitations, but it is funny to hear that somebody, uh, that somebody, you know, that at the one hand, you would want to sue somebody, right? Uh, because you think they've got deep pockets or whatever for infringing on your copyright, but 15 years too late, and the only reason you found out about it was because of an obituary that in passing mentioned that uh, that Miss Cleo appeared in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how this goes, but that's just a little taste of legalese. Remember, people, don't file your lawsuits past the statute of limitations, it usually does not go well. Never goes well. Mm-mm. So there we go. There you have it. There's a little bit of uh, a little bit of legalese for you, and uh, we'll see what the good litigious society of the U.S. has for us next week. That's right, and ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. Thank you for tuning into episode number thirty-nine of Two Nerds in a Pod. Now, before we go, we like to do one last segment called what we've been watching i don't know why i paused like that called what we've been watching and what we've been playing but actually but let me backpedal because there's two things i forgot to mention that are kind of significant news stories um just real quick lawbreakers came out today cliffy b's new game uh he's only charging i believe like 30 bucks for this game he's the guy who made uh oh wow gears of war uh, and many other games too so that game came out today um check that out if it's your type of thing first person shooter type game Additionally, someone mentioned NBA Live 18 in the chat, and I wanted to point out that for the first time ever in a video game, you will be able to play as WNBA players. Uh, which, I mean, we the WNBA gets made fun of a lot, but I, I think this is a serious milestone uh, that they added that into the game. 
so if that's your thing, check that out. And then now we'll do the last segment of the show called What We've Been Watching and What We've Been Playing, where we talk about what we've been watching and what we've been playing. And we want to get your input, too. So you guys, please tell us in the chat the shows that you've been watching, the movies, the Blu-rays, all the cool stuff that you've been watching, the nerd content, even comic books, games you've been playing. Let us know because we're always looking for more cool stuff. Mac, do you want to lead us off today? Absolutely. So I'll start. What I've been playing is I've been playing this little game called Sundered. Now, you may recall I talked about it previously on a Kick or Kickstart episode. I thought it was amazing. It was wonderful. It did not meet my minimum requirement for having a playable demo, and I did not back it on Kickstarter. But Mrs. The Mac, being the wonderful person that she was, heard about how much, uh, heard my anguish about that. And she actually backed it for me, gave me the key. So I've been playing Sundered. It got its full release this past week. It's quite fantastic. I just beat it for the first time, first full playthrough. Loved it. Loved it. Lovecraftian, horrifying. It's got hordes and hordes of enemies. What style? How would you describe the style of game? Like, uh, Metroidvania is, okay. the, is the style. But it's uh, definitely lots and lots of fun. So just uh, just throwing it out there. Sundered was good. I enjoyed it. I'll be playing through because there's three different endings. So I'll be playing it through a couple more times for sure. Um, as for what I've been watching... Uh, Mrs. The Mac and I have been watching uh, Voltron. Uh, Season 3 just barely came out, which is exciting stuff. I'm also going back through um, Daredevil Season 2 in preparation for The Defenders, which comes out on the 18th. Um, And uh, I had prematurely said in last episode of Two Nerds in a Pod that I was super excited because The Tick on Amazon was coming out that day. Sadly, I got my months mixed up, and it's the end of this month. Yeah, yep. So I figured I ought to just issue that quick retraction. Cool. But, uh, but apart from that, that's kind of what I've been watching and what I've been playing. What about you, Mr. Nice Guy? Dude, it's you know I was on vacation, so I got a lot of watching and a lot of playing in. Um, yeah, guys, keep the stuff in the chat coming, what you've been watching and what you've been playing. We really want to know. Um, so I have been watching, I got back into Blacklist, I'm on season two, I am also on season two of Daredevil, and, uh, and I just finished episode four, which is where something significant happens, I don't want to spoil it in case anyone has not seen it, uh, but yeah, I literally was watching Daredevil last week, went and saw Spider-Man at the new Factoria Theater in Seattle, they have a beautiful facility, check that out if you're in the Seattle area, uh, Mac, have you seen the newest Spider-Man movie or not yet? I have not yet. Okay. But I did watch Doc and Dark Tower over the weekend. Dude, how was that? How did you not just mention that? I'm sorry. I just, it, it just when you were like movies, uh, but, uh, but Dark Tower, Idris Elba is fantastic. Um, so I was familiar with the story of the Dark Tower. Just in general, I had heard bits and pieces of it. Um, they went surprisingly. So Stephen King, as you know, like he hated the Stanley Kubrick The Shining um, because it wasn't uh, true to the source material. And then Stephen King had another one done, another version of The Shining done that was more true to the source material. And, you know, and that's the one that, that he put out there. So he, so I'm really surprised as this is more, is less uh, of a you know, less of a story that uses the first book for inspiration as it kind of gives bits and pieces and events and things from all the books. 
Um, and I'm honestly surprised that Stephen King let that fly. But uh, but for my part, having not read the books, having just known about some of the events and the things that happen in the Dark Tower series, I loved it. I thought the pacing was all right because I knew it was coming from a uh, it, its source material was eight books long. Wow! And Stephen King has diarrhea of the fingers. That man can write. Yeah. And uh, and so I mean you know. I understood that it was going to suffer from pacing issues from the beginning. Now, it's been kind of critically panned. I think it's at like 16% from critics on Rotten Tomatoes. And I wonder if basically they took like the only critics who went to see it were the critics who had a love affair with the uh, with the books. Interesting. Because it was, I mean, it does not deserve a 16 That's what I was going to ask critic. you is, is if having a knowledge of the books made you more critical of the movie. But it sounds um, like it did not. Yeah, I think having a surface knowledge of the books made me more appreciative of the movie itself, being like, oh, I understand what they're trying to do here, I understand how it was rough. Of course, I have a big crush on Idris Elba, so maybe that blinded me, because he's just badass in this in this one. I'm, I'm just really, it, w- it was cool. I'm telling your wife. Oh, she already knows. She was <laughs> there with me, Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> Fantastic. Well... So, and I, what else have I been watching? I think that's what I've been watching. As far as what I've been playing, uh, I just got a little bit of Lucio Ball in on Overwatch. It's decent. Uh, I don't think I'm going to play it too much more. Um, I've been playing the new PS Plus title, Downwell, and it's interesting. I like games that are that style, um, you know, where you're scrolling. This one's unique in that you're falling down a well and you're shooting characters as you go down. Usually, it's every other direction, either to the right or going up when you're playing these side-scrolling games, uh, or I should say scrolling games. This one, you're going down, and at first, it was too easy, but the difficulty level picks up very quickly. Free title if you have PlayStation Plus. There's no reason not to go download it. It's fantastic. Still playing Little Samson. Always playing Miss Pac-Man. Played a lot of Mario Kart 8 this past week, just in the airport. Um, and I think... That's it. Oh, I want to give a shout-out to the Carmichael Show, too. Uh, I've been watching that on Netflix. It's African-American comedy, y'all. If you're into that type of thing, you'll love it. If you're not, it's not for you. Uh, But I really like the show. Check it out. And I think we'll end it there. Now, we have a lot of people here in the chat today, which is a great thing. Um, Yes, I have downloaded Just Cause 3, Bob. Thank you for checking. Mac, so you got a little bit of work ahead of you as far as reading the awesomeness Indeed. So I'll get are, are I'll get cracking. We'll start with some games. Star Ocean Two. Um, doing going through the childhood backlog and watching X Files. Uh, that's from House from Galvatron. We've got some Voltron, uh, season three, uh, Ghost in the Shell, and Oakjar. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, some Star Trek Enterprise, Guild Wars Two game. And uh, let's see, playing some Bulletstorm, Horizon Zero Dawn, Titanfall 2, um, El- you know, another uh, Elruns, watching some Voltron Season 3, playing Legend of Grimrock, and, uh, ooh, Bravely Default. Bravely Default. You I missed, hear good you missed things about he's playing that. the Disney Afternoon Collection, too. Oh, sorry, Disney Afternoon Collection. Yes, indeed. Uh, so that's uh, DuckTales 1 and 2, Tailspin. Rescue Rangers, and Tailspin, and I don't remember the... And Darkwing Duck. There we go. That's right. Um, and then we've had some talk about uh, the new Spider-Man. Some uh, some think it's great. Some think that it's uh, overrated. So, yeah. 
there we go. It's kind of kind of the definition of a movie right there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for tuning in. All the old episodes for this are on iTunes. Look us up, Two Nerds in a Pod. If you really like the show, please hit that follow button and go subscribe. That didn't even make sense. Hit the follow button here and go subscribe on iTunes to listen to all the old stuff. We do this every Tuesday, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. You guys keep it nerdy, and we'll see you next week. Deuces. Deuces.